Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Uh, the subject was taken into custody without incident. He got out of the car. He said nothing. He had a very smug look. Everyone's pretty shaken. It's not only your hometown, but it's also like right in front of you. Did he have any prior mental history? I'd like to know. While we celebrate the 4th of July just once a year, mass shootings have become our weekly American tradition. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views. Welcome back after a uh, 4th of July holiday. Hope you had a good weekend. Uh, Sad but true, uh, we've got another shooting up in Chicago. Some of the strictest gun laws in the United States. You know, everyone wants to, every time this happens, of course, all the liberals immediately say we got to get rid of all the guns, make sure that law abiding citizens don't have an opportunity to defend themselves, get rid of all the guns. And yet we have these experiments in all these liberal cities where gun laws are, are, are oppressive and it doesn't do any good. One wonders, do they carry out these mass shootings in these? And I, I know it's not 100 percent, but again, Chicago. Here's the other interesting thing. In Chicago over the weekend, there were, according to the Chicago Sun-Times, 71 people shot, seven of them fatally. Now, I'm not talking about what happened at the parade in Highland Park. This is in Chicago. Now, in Highland Park at the parade, there were seven people that were killed there, too. But uh, back in 2021, 19 people were killed over the Independence Day weekend. 100 people were shot. So these numbers actually look pretty good. So with the Highland Park parade shooting and with the people that were shot in the city of Chicago, which happens every weekend, there were actually less people killed this year than there were last year. By the way, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, uh, not getting a lot of uh, love from her constituents. Finally, people are beginning to say enough is enough. And there are a number of uh, members of the city council in Chicago who are trying to run for higher office. They're getting shellacked. One Chicago resident by the name of Larita explained someone was shot and killed right outside her home. She said, if Jesus Christ came down and told me to vote for Lori Lightfoot, this individual said, uh, I'm sorry, but I can't. That's how bad she is. Alderman Lopez in Chicago has been a staunch critic of Lightfoot to the point where he wants to replace her as mayor. Lopez said he believes the main contributing factor to the crime and the violence we're seeing in these uh, cities like Chicago starts with leadership. Uh, th- that's all well and good. W- w- you know, is this an opportunist who wants to replace Lori Lightfoot? Or are they actually going to bring in common sense? Uh, good question. But this uh, Bobby Crimo arrested on uh, July 4th. By the way, it's now up to seven individuals. Uh, a, a lot of the stories are still saying six people were killed, 38 wounded. I think it's now uh, seven killed and 39 wounded. Apparently, I mean, and, and all the news reporters, North Carolina News Network just said at the top of the hour, we, we you know, we're looking for why this happened, what motivated this individual. Again, the, the, the answer is right there before us. We keep coming back to it. 
broken family. Um, the there's one report that a individual who knew this uh, Bobby Crimo when he was just eight nine years old. He was in an after-school program that this individual by the name of Jeremy uh, Conman ran this program. He said the, the parents would never pick up the kids on time. Every time they ha- these kids were in this program, they'd have to wait around and call the parents and say, please pick up your kids. That pretty much uh, gives you an interesting insight. Um, a, a law enforcement knew this kid. His kid, this young man, uh, he was on their radar. Uh, they say he had mental illness problems, and yet he still got a gun. 21 years old, gunning down spectators. His mom apparently would get in all kinds of arguments with the people that ran this after-school program. Her name was Denise Tosena. The father's name was Bob Crimo. He was 58. She was 48. This is um, the the mother. It, people that knew the parents said the mother seemed very unstable. The father had some sort of a deadly business, but it it closed up a while back. They were separate. They were. I don't know if they were separated or divorced. They were apart. More recently, the son was living with a father and an uncle. The mother was living in a house in Highland Park, but they said it was a wreck. They said it was an eyesore. It needed to be bulldozed over. Uh, it needed to be condemned, one individual said. The mother ran some strange business. Where, where was it in here? She was a self-proclaimed energy healer. <laughs> Don't ask me what that means. A self-proclaimed energy healer. Her company was named Trilogy Energy Systems. Uh, The father, just a couple years ago, ran for mayor of Highland Park. Lost. So, I mean, you can begin to put two and two together. And again, boy, I mean, we, we said this the last time this happened. We said this when this happened down at Uvalde. Look at the family life. Look at the family life. Why aren't we doing more things? I mean, listen, we have all kinds of government officials that want to take away your rights for self-protection, your rights to bear arms, which is a constitutional right. But they don't dare get involved in the family. I mean, we uh, listen. And and then you hear people say, well, you can't you can't legislate morality. All of our laws are based on morality. I mean, ultimately, they come from the Ten Commandments, right? But, I mean, they're all moral laws. I mean, the, I mean it, it's, it's a moral issue. Killing is a moral issue, and we've got laws against it. So can we not have certain laws as it relates to the family? I mean, we've gotten so lax, and, and you know, our society says, oh, do, do whatever you feel like. Do whatever, and we can't tell people if they don't feel like it to do something well, there there are all kinds of laws in the books that we do tell people what to do. We tell people how fast they can drive. We tell people how old you have to be to consume alcohol. There's all kinds of things. Could, could we begin to consider the moral issues of family? 
because that's the common denominator. In Philadelphia, the Democrat mayor there, same, same issue in Philadelphia, I, I, again, you had these Democrat-run cities and states where they have, especially in the cities, they've got free reign. They control the city council. They control the mayor's office. And the, these cities are all disasters. I mean, you name it, they're disasters. Detroit, Chicago, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington. The mayor of Philadelphia basically said over the weekend he can't wait till he can get out of office. That's how bad it is. America, and again, here you got a, a, a liberal mayor in a city that has all kinds of gun control issues. They're in there, just like Chicago, shooting each other down. And he says the problem is America is gun crazy. It's crazy, Mayor Kinney said. We're the most armed country in the world, and we're one of the least safest. Well, in your city, uh, Mr. Mayor, you've got all kinds of gun control laws. Why aren't they working? And again, what they'll do, well, is because they're not stringent enough. We need... We need them across the nation, they would say. We need to make sure that nobody has access to a gun. And you know what happens then? Yeah, th then the real despots take over at the top of government. <laughs> and listen, the reason why, the reason why they want to take away your guns has nothing to do with your personal safety. It has everything to do with an armed citizenry can control their destiny, and they don't like that. They don't want that. Joe Biden, uh, not not looking good for uh, Cousin Eddie. There are, uh, well, there's a couple of polls out this weekend. A Mammoth University poll found that a record 88% believe the country is headed in the wrong direction. So there's actually 12% out there that believe the country is headed in the right direction. <laughs> That that ought to be the headline. Twelve percent of Americans actually think we're headed in the right direction. So if Cousin Eddie thinks he's going to run for re-election, and by the way, I don't know if you saw the stories over the weekend, but Cousin Eddie is livid that there are people within the White House, within his own party, that think it's time for Joe to sit down and go away. Joe actually thinks he ought to be running for re-election and that everybody ought to be jumping up and down and applauding the idea. Even his own party says, eh, I don't think so. Last Friday, the June Harvard Caps-Harris poll was released. Its main takeaway being voters want somebody new to run in 2024. This is especially true for Joe. A strong majority, 71% said Joe should not run again. Just 29% said he should. And again, where do you find 29%? Yeah, I, well, no, I take that back. Really, I'm a little surprised that it's only 29% because Republicans across the board hope Joe runs again. I mean, if they came and asked me, do you think Joe should run again? And all answer, uh, honesty, my answer would be sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at that point... We can run anybody on the conservative side, and they win. 30% uh, said he's too old. 26% said it's time for change. 
Further, while Biden leads the pack of Democratic candidates at 30 percent. So 71 percent said Joe should not run again, but he's leading. (laughs) Yeah, that's an oxymoron. 71 percent said, Joe, we don't want you to run, but Joe is leading in those who you would choose to run. What does that say about their other candidates? So 30 percent of the folks out there said, yeah, Joe would be my guy to run. 18% 18% said Kamala Harris. 10% said don't know. Wow. Just 40% said Biden is mentally fit. That's down from uh, 48% of May. 60% responded, I have doubts about his fitness. So 40% says he's middle, uh, he is mentally fit. 60% said I have doubts about it. Uh, Democrat respondents are the only demographic where a majority 73% said he is mentally fit. Well, I guess, as Sadie used to say, um, liberalism is a mental illness. So maybe that's why uh, the Democrats are saying he is mentally fit. 73% say he is. An even greater percentage, 64% say Biden is showing that he's too old. Just 36% saying he is fit to be president again. Democrats are the only ones coming to the president's defense. Uh, 61% say they don't want Donald Trump to run again. And yet, amongst Republicans, uh, 56% choose Trump compared to 16% who choose uh, Ron DeSantis. Although, in Ron DeSantis' defense, uh, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, if you're a Trump fan, don't get upset with me. I'm just making a point here. The the average person, if if you listen to news and views on a regular basis, you are so much more infer, informed on politics than the average person out there. The average person out there, if you went out to your local shopping center, local mall, whatever, and asked a hundred people who Ron DeSantis is, I'd be surprised if ten of them could tell you the answer. So in, in defense of Ron DeSantis, the fact that he is only at 16% is probably just name ID. Biden has also dropped to a low of 38%, which is tied for the lowest in uh, this particular po- uh, poll. Um, that's his approval rating overall. Uh, the New York Times revealed in a report that fellow Democrats questioning his plans to run again have irked the president. Yeah, he's a little irked. Why aren't you choosing me to run again? Because Joe... You ain't doing too good, bud. Hey, listen, we got to take a time out. Stay with us for news and views for a Tuesday post-4th of July coming up. We'll be right back. Let's go, Brandon! Let's go, Brandon! When we're not covering Brandon's heroics. This, uh, Brandon, he, what does he play? Well, Mr. President, they're not, um... Folks, let's hear it for Brandon. What a job he's doing. Let's go, Brandon. Now back to news and let's news go, on 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. It is News and Views for a Tuesday, July 5th. 157 years ago today, 1865, the Salvation Army was founded by William Booth. And uh, the good work of the Salvation Army continues to this day. 
Weather forecast tonight, partly cloudy, a low near 75. Tomorrow, partly cloudy early with thunder, thunderstorms beginning uh, in the afternoon. Chance of rain tomorrow afternoon, 70%. Uh, 70% stays with us into the night. Thursday, scattered thunderstorms developing again in the afternoon. A few storms may be severe. A high of 93 on Thursday. Chance of rain on Thursday, 60% and uh, decreases to 50% on Thursday night. So uh, we need the rain. So uh, bring it on. Weather brought to you by our friends at Ironwood. Whether you're looking to spend your summer poolside, courtside, or greenside, Ironwood Golf and Country Club offers a variety of memberships tailored to fit your lifestyle with no initiation fee required. And listen, if you're headed to the beach, pack your clubs. Ironwood members receive reciprocal golf and dining privileges at the Beaufort Club in Beaufort and Compass Point Golf Club at Magnolia Greens located near Wilmington. More information, contact Membership Director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653. Join in the fun at Ironwood today. When you join Ironwood, you're a part of the Renaissance Golf Group. Basically, you join one club and you get membership at four. Uh, Not a bad deal. Again, that number is 752-4653. A little funny note, always like to bring some humor into the program whenever possible, and this is laughable. Representative Liz Cheney refused to rule out a run for the White House in 2024 yesterday, or two days ago on Sunday. (laughs) I'm sorry. Cheney made the comment during an interview on ABC News on uh, this week with Jonathan Carl. I'll make the decision about 24 down the road. Yeah, like, in other words, if she doesn't get totally shellacked in her congressional race, then maybe she'll run. (laughs) I think about it less in terms of a decision about running for office and more in terms of, you know, as an American, as somebody who's in a position of public trust now. (laughs) Do you think we trust you? Listen. The Democrats don't trust you because you're Republicans, and the Republicans don't trust you because you're a turncoat. All about trust. Okay. Go for it, Liz. (laughs) I mean, the question ought to be, Liz, after you lose in your congressional race, what do you plan to do? News and Observer, this is actually from a couple days ago, but uh, it happened over the weekend when we were off, so I'm going to bring it up. Attorney General Josh Stein, responding to Republican legislative leaders on Friday, reiterated his commitment to the protection of reproductive rights and said a legal review of the state's 20-week ban on abortion would be completed in the coming days and weeks. Listen, why wouldn't we just go back to what the law was before it was suspended in 1973 when you had seven justices on the Supreme Court decide that it was a good idea to use the 14th Amendment to take over the law of the land and usurp the the wishes of 50 states and they were going to make abortion legal in every state? Stein's response came a week after Phil Berger and Tim Moore wrote to the attorney general calling on him to take action to reinstate the 20-week ban in light of the U.S. Supreme Court's decision on June 24th. 
that overturned Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey, two landmark rulings that had protected abortion rights for nearly 50 years. As Attorney General of North Carolina, I will continue to protect women's reproductive rights under state law. This commitment is more important than ever, Stein wrote in a letter to Berger and Moore. So once again, you've got an, a, a liberal dragging their feet, one liberal dragging their feet and basically saying to the will of the rest of the state, we're going to ignore the laws on the books. Why aren't these people removed for office? This is malfeasance. Berger and more previously said hours after the Supreme Court's decision was released that they would only consider legislation further restricting abortion access in the state when the legislature returns to Raleigh for its next session, possibly in December or January. In the meantime, Republican leaders called on Stein to take steps to reinstate a law banning most abortions after 20 weeks, which had been in place since 1973 until it was blocked through an injunction issued by a federal judge in 2019 who ruled that the ban violated Casey. Stein recused himself from that case, Bryant versus Woodall, since he said he would continue to speak out against restrictive abortion laws across the country. The case had been handled by professional staff within the Department of Justice. Since then, on Friday, Stein said the North Carolina Department of Justice attorneys were consulting with all the clients involved in the case. Who cares about the case at this point? The decision by the Supreme Court has basically said Casey is unconstitutional. So why are we going back to a case that was dependent upon Casey? In their letter to Stein, the legislative leaders asked for an indication from Stein's office that they would move to reinstate the ban no later than July 1st. Beyond that deadline, Berger and Moore said the Republican-controlled General Assembly would explore options through its own attorneys and try to have a court lift the injunction on the ban. Again, why aren't these people who refuse to follow the law? I mean, when the Supreme Court put in Roe v. Wade and made all abortions federally uncon- uh, uh, illegal, I mean, what was the liberals' response to that? Well, this is the law of the land. You must follow it. And now we have Casey and, and Wade, Roe v. Wade, reversed. It's now a state's rights issue. In other words, it's up to the North Carolina legislature. It's pretty clear. I mean, you don't have to have a, 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 you know, a law degree to figure this one out. It's up to the North Carolina legislature. Now, granted, I understand that, that Cooper could, could veto it. But why don't you go back to the law that was on the books? There's, there's not a good answer that Josh Stein can give to that. Speaking of polling, this is really interesting. Going back to this Monmouth University poll, the recent overturning of the landmark abortion case, Roe v. Wade, that have inspired all kinds of protest, all kinds of threats, all kinds of op-eds in liberal publications and heated cable news debates, and all kinds of nut jobs in California and Hollywood talking about how they're going to... Well, and, and please... Would would the liberals out there that have threatened to leave if if Roe v. Wade and Casey's overturned, would you please fulfill your promise? Michael Moore, <laughs> he's fed up with the United States, saying in good conscience, 
I cannot continue to receive the privileges of full citizenship. I don't know what that means. Now, apparently, they don't have uh, buffets as up to his liking in other countries because he's not going to leave. But he says, I, I cannot in good conscience continue to see, receive the full privileges of full, uh, the privileges of full citizenship. So you're going to stop voting? I mean, what does that mean? Uh, I cannot in good conscience continue to receive the privileges of full citizenship in this land when all its women and girls have now been by court decree declared official second-class citizens with no rights to their bodies and conscripted to a life of forced birth should they fall pregnant and not want to be. Fall pregnant. (laughs) I got news for you. You just don't wake up one day and, oh, hey, you know what? I, I haven't done anything wrong, but I find myself pregnant. I fell pregnant. Uh, listen, uh, Michael, uh, again, you know, th- this guy's supposed to be this genius that wants to tell us that Cuba has got the great medical service for all its citizens. Roe merely took the decision to kill babies in the womb from seven black robe justices of 1973 and put it in the people's hands. Now, uh, as a good liberal, would you not like that? So apparently, if you don't, you'd be happier under a dictatorship. So again, don't let the door hit you in the fanny on the way out. Anyway, getting back to this poll. The recent overturning of Roe may have inspired dozens of protests, angry op-eds, etc., etc. But a new poll released today suggests that one of the Democrats' pet issues won't even move the needle in November. Now, again, what's more interesting about this is the Dems are collecting money. The Democratic uh, Governors Association they decided they're going to put together a $10 million package. You can donate to if you want to. Um, They're going to collect all this money because they want to give it to those governors who are running on a pro-abortion platform. Yes, the Democrat Governors Association launched an abortion rights fund this week to support gubernatorial races in states where abortion access is at risk. Well, if abortion access is at risk, it means it's probably a fairly conservative state. And in a conservative state, you're going to give money to some a Democrat running for governor because you think it's a good idea to challenge that state's governor and that state's state legislature who got elected by the people because they're conservative. You think it's a good idea to promote more access to abortion. Just saying, that might not be the smartest thing you've ever done. So the Democrats, though, they're, this is a big deal to them. They think that as bad as inflation is, as bad as crime is, as bad as our southern border is, as bad as the job forecast is, as bad as the stock market is performing, they think that pushing abortion rights will put them over the top, that this is a winning issue. According to the most recent Monmouth University poll, only 5% of those interviewed said that abortion was an important issue to them ahead of the midterm elections. Economic issues drove most of the respondents from the 
nearly 1,000 adults polled between June 23 and June 27th. Um, Interestingly, I don't know ranked higher than abortion. (laughs) So, you know, when you have these polls, they, they give you a bunch of different things you can select. And there were all kinds of the rank pretty high. Nearly half of those polled cited either inflation, 33%, or gas prices, 15%, as their main concern. Another 15% cited the overall economy. 9% cited household bills, grocery costs, 6% uh, health care costs, job security, college tuition costs, all those things. All those things ranked higher than abortion. And, of course, when you have all these things, at the bottom of the list is, I don't know. I don't know ranked higher than abortion. And yet these Democrats seem to think that this November, abortion is going to be a winning issue for them. It's going to put them over the top. It's going to put Republicans in just a terrible position. They're just going to lose uh, election after election because of this abortion issue. Uh, Apparently not. Apparently, if Democrats run on the I don't know platform, they'd be better off than running on the pro-abortion platform. You can't make it up. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Collection of question marks. It's a lot of questions. Why? How? No logic, no reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Worst nightmare of their lives. This long nationwide nightmare. We'll start collecting clues as to the whys, the what's, and the where's. Neighborhood by neighborhood. Literally knocking on doors. This is your worst nightmare. The nightmare. It would be a nightmare. Worst nightmare. We will not end the nightmare. We'll only explain it. Explain to us. Because this. This. This is News and Views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in News and Views for a Tuesday. Talking about the uh, fallout of Roe v. Wade. There are a bunch of companies out there that have uh, now said that uh, we will pay employees travel costs for abortions. It's going to be real interesting to see if they actually follow through with that. Some of the companies have already announced they're offering uh, these special bonuses to uh, kill the baby in the womb. Amazon, Apple, Yelp, Levi's, Lyft, Reddit. Microsoft, Xbox, Dick Sporting Goods, DoorDash, MasterCard, Citigroup, PayPal, Airbnb, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, Zillow, Bumble, and Match. Uh, other people that you will, I'm sure, will come out and do this: Disney, Netflix. Uh, I mean, speculating there, but you can, typical liberals. You know what's interesting though? These companies never think through the ramifications of their liberal policies. And one of the reasons I think that is, is the people in charge of these companies walked into very, very successful companies based on their resume, not based upon building the company. Now, I'm sure there's some exceptions to that. 
Microsoft is probably Bill Gates is probably an exception to that. He he built his company, but most of these companies, the guy and gals and people in charge didn't build it from scratch. Most companies that the individual who is running the company had to scrimp and save and work hard for years before the company became successful. Uh, those people, generally speaking, are pretty conservative. But these companies, somehow they think it doesn't matter what we do. We have got the customer where we want them, and we can dictate to them. We can tell them what to do, what to think, and they'll still come back to us. Now, I'm not advocating for any boycotts, but I, I personally, if I have a choice between two different companies out there and one of the companies – I know has got liberal policies and the other is either neutral on the issues or keeps their mouth shut on the issues, or I know they're conservative. Guess what? I'm now assuming the the product is basically the same. I'm going to pick the conservative company, the Washington examiner. I mean, talking about the, the, the interesting aspect of the company's not thinking this through the Washington examiner is reporting that, there is a bank over in um, Great Britain, in England, Halifax Bank, and customers are withdrawing funds and closing accounts after this British bank told them that if you don't like our new pronoun policy, then get out, leave, withdraw your money. And guess what? People are leaving and withdrawing their money big time. The move has caused customers to criticize the bank's virtue signaling and hundreds say they will end relations with the bank. I'll be transferring my mortgage over to another bank, Ryan Link tweeted in response, one that values customer service and short wait times over pronouns and virtue signaling. Loved the good old days when a bank was just a bank. I, I love the good old days when you could go out and just buy a cereal or you could you know, buy a pair of pants or whatever, and you didn't have to worry about, okay, what is this? ignoramus company thinking about i um halifax representatives replied to several of the comments that questioned the move noting that the bank strives for inclusion and and equality yeah inclusion and equality unless you have traditional biblical values then they'll kick you to the curb one representative named andy m told a user if you disagree with our values you're welcome to close your account Customers then began to follow suit, including Garth Roberts, a former uh, scriptwriter. He actually wrote Doctor Who. He said, quote, I'm a homosexual man. I'm appalled by your adoption of this homophobic, woman-hating claptrap and by your attitude to customers making perfectly reasonable objections to it, Roberts tweeted. You know what's really interesting about this, too? The point this guy is making is that liberalism, it, it, listen, in, in their strive for equity, equality, inclusion, uh, they're stepping on other people's toes. I mean, I mean, this is, this is the dilemma they have. Right? I mean, right now with the, the whole transgenderism deal, they're stepping on toes of women who wanted to, you know, they, they don't want biological males in, intruding in their territory. Another customer told the Daily Mail that his or her family transferred about $540,000 in investment accounts and savings. Another closed his credit card account saying 
sick to death of woke. So uh, these companies that think uh, their woke policies, meh, it's not going to have any any fallout on my company. Yeah, you you might want to you might want to double think that. I, I mean, I'll go back. Remember years ago, Seven Eleven. Now they're still in business. I understand that. I think this the Southland Corporation owns them, or it owned them. I don't know who owns them now, but Seven Eleven. Now I'm I'm going back decades. I mean, this is back when I was in high school. Seven Eleven was the up and coming, booming convenience store everywhere. Very successful, and they came out when there were people saying, "Hey, you know what? These pornographic magazines. Could you please put them under the counter so that the kids can't see them?" And they refused to do so. You know what? Seven Eleven is a skeleton of what it once was. Just saying. Uh, by the way, again, on the um, abortion issue, in the days since the Supreme Court's decision, lawmakers like AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Elizabeth Warren, the Indian princess, they have called on the federal government to erect emergency abortion attempts on federally owned lands across the country. Again, did you not read the Supreme Court decision? <laughs> the federal government really is not playing a part in this. Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, the Democratic nominee for president in 2016, said last week that women will die because of the Dobbs decision. Women will die. Really, Hillary? Women will die? Of course, now I will give Hillary this. Knowing the Clinton's history, one would wonder if that comment is a threat to Amy Coney Barrett. Just saying. Hey, we got to take another time out. Stay with us. More news and views coming right up. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Representative Eric, I'm sleeping with Fang Fang Swalwell. He's the guy that was literally sleeping with the Chinese spy, Fang Fang. And even though it's public, everyone knows it, Nancy Pelosi has left him on the Intelligence Committee. So Eric Swalwell, this is just low. This is, this is low. This is dirty politics. It is typical of guys like Swalwell that have very little intelligence. He posts a picture of Representative Lauren Boebert from Colorado, conservative, great representative, sharp, very impressive. He posts a picture of her holding a rifle next to the picture of Bobby Crimo, the guy that shot everybody up in the parade in Highland Park, and labels it, let's start drawing straight lines. In other words... Basically saying, okay, Representative Bobart, because she's pro-gun rights, she therefore is guilty of what happened in Highland Park. You, you can't make it up. But this this is how this – and listen, I, they, they know this is, this is just dirty politics. They don't care. So kudos to Lauren Bobart. <laughs> she gets a picture of – Eric Swalwell, a picture of Fang Fang, 
and a picture of the Chinese president, Xi. And uh, she writes, okay, sounds good. Let's draw a straight line from you to Fang Fang to the Chinese communist leader. Because that's you want to draw a straight line? Eric Swalwell, uh, that pretty much tells all you need to know. Kudos. Kudos to Lauren Bobart. Listen, conservatives are wittier and more intelligent. They can think. They have the ability to think. Liberals just get their marching orders from the top and and follow in blind step. Town Hall's reporting is no secret that America's southern border has been turned into lawless chaos by the Biden administration, their lax immigration policies. And now it has been basically verified. A new report from the International Organization for Migration, which is not any conservative organization, their uh, Missing Migrants Project puts an explanation point on just how deadly Biden's border crisis truly is. Now, remember, Biden is continuing his border policy because he said this is compassionate. This is this is kind. This is compassionate. According to the International Organization for Migration, their 2021 data, more than 1,200 migrants have lost their lives during migration in the Americas in 2021. So these people south of the border that are trying to get into the United States, over the last 12 months, 1,200 of them have died trying to get in. Most recently, we've heard about the 50 that died in that hot box, that tractor trailer. Um, we're, the, we're the worst border crisis crossing in the world. And this is what Joe Biden wants to continue under the banner of compassion. Hey, thanks for being us, being with us. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right.